Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us, then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. Jesus said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that, Jesus said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Our servers are so cute. <laughs> They're learning, as are we all. A coin is a coin, is just a coin for us. You know, we have coins, it's part of our lives. We hold them in our pockets, we keep them in our purse, we pile them up in a little jar near the front door. They don't mean very much to us. You know, a penny, a dime, a quarter, even maybe a dollar. 
you know, they're just pieces of metal. They're nothing important. Got a little bit of stamp on one side, a stamp on the other. We use them. They're utilitarian. You know, we use them to buy penny candy at the grocery store when we're little. We use them to, to get into a vending machine, hopefully it works. Sometimes we use them to help out a neighbor in need who's sitting at the door of the church. But a coin is just a coin, it's just a coin for us. It would not have been so in the first century anywhere in the Roman Empire. Coins back then were a very big deal. There are three things about coins in those times that made them big deals. First, a coin was made of precious metals or not so precious metals depending on the value and the value came from the metal itself. They weren't just pieces of tin or something like that or brass or copper that had been stamped and said this is worth such and such amount of money. It was worth such and such amount of money. It could buy certain things because of the inherent value of the metal itself. Brass, silver, even gold for the rich people. So that's one thing that's different. Second thing was different is that whoever controlled the coins, whoever controlled the money, they controlled the economy. And the economy is one of the best ways a powerful nation has to control its people. Not just its people, but everybody that it oppresses subject to them. So a coin was a way of controlling the people, particularly through taxes. You know, if you can only pay your taxes with our coins, then we can control you. But there's a third thing that was different about coins in those days than in our day. You know, our coins are marked with the head of George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or whomever. Their coins were marked most commonly with the image of Caesar, obviously. Now, Caesar was the master of everything. You know, he's the big boss and it's only worthy, it's only right and just that his name and his face be on the coins. And that was important, but even more important was that every time you used one of those coins, in a sense you were doing homage to Caesar. And was Caesar simply an emperor of the Roman Empire? Not in their eyes. The Romans, Caesar himself, they saw him as almost divine. Well, actually, as divine. You know, and so that is where the problem is when we get to Palestine in the first century and Jesus has a confrontation yet again with the Pharisees. What's the problem? The problem is that if that coin is marked with the face of someone who is pretending to be God, using it, holding it, having it, is a form of idolatry. And there was no sin worse for the Jewish people than idolatry. It's the constant, constant temptation and sin that the prophets are calling out across all their history. We don't do other gods. We don't give them their due. We do not honor them. There's only one God, our God, the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, the God of David. And, and Caesar is decidedly not that God. So what do we do? 
we've got these coins, Rome is in charge here, we have to pay our taxes with these coins, we use them in our daily lives, they're everywhere. Do we compromise our values? Do we compromise our ideals? Do we compromise the very heart of our faith by participating in this, this little bit of idolatry? It's just a little bit of idolatry. Or do we take the position of some radicals within our community, within our church family, our religious family, who say, no, we are not to touch those coins, we are not to look at those coins, we certainly are not to use those coins as long as they have Caesar, this fake god, this idol printed on their face. So that's the problem you have within Israel at the time of Jesus, two camps. You have the holdouts, the radicals, the, uh, the people who will not touch, see, or use these coins. <laughs> in fact, they're in company with the people in the temple. The temple has to change these old, the Roman coins into coins that are usable in the temple because we can't allow an idolatrous coin into the temple grounds. So that's one camp. <laughs> On the other side, you've got the practical people. What are we supposed to do? We know we don't want to use these coins, you know, but what choice do we have? We have to use them. It's either that or barter with chickens and eggs and goats. And that doesn't work very well. You can't pay your taxes with a goat or a chicken or an egg. So we have to use them. We have to compromise a little bit so that we can just get along in life. It's a practical and pragmatic decision. And if it involves a little bit of idolatry, well then, so be it. So those are the two positions that people in Israel have to face in the first century. <coughs> and the Pharisees, you know, they say, aha, here we have a trap for Jesus. Let's ask him which side he agrees with. And if he says, no, you cannot use these coins under any circumstances along with the sects and the radicals and the people in the temple, then what are the people that he hangs out with supposed to do? How are they supposed to live their lives? He's going to alienate them. Wrong answer. But if he says, yes, you can use the coins for your practical purposes, then he himself is admitting that he participates at least a little bit in idolatry. And that too is a wrong answer. We've got him trapped one way or the other. Well, the these Pharisees there, they've learned their lesson at least. They know that every time they approach Jesus with one of these tricks and one of these traps, one of these word games that, that they always walk away the worse for it. So this time... They don't go themselves. They send their, their little acolytes, their little junior Pharisees, the guys that are in training, you know, they're seminarians, sort of. So they send them off. They give them the plan. This is the question you're supposed to ask. First, warm him up with lots of compliments. We know you're a truthful guy. Tell him how wonderful he is. And then hit him with the trap, with the trick question. So the boys barely men probably, go off and they find Jesus and they present themselves. Oh, Jesus, we know you're a truthful man. We know you're a gracious person. We know the people love you, blah, 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 blah. Gets a little bit smarmy after a while. 
and then they pull the trap. Jesus, what about these coins? May we use them or should we not use them? Should we participate in just a little bit of idolatry or should we keep ourselves as pure as the driven snow when it comes to Caesar and his image and his coins and his supposed divinity? Oh, that is a tough question. Jesus ponders for a little bit. He sees what's going on here. He's pretty good at reading people's hearts. And he begins, you hypocrites. (laughs) You think you got me. I don't think so. So he says, show me a coin. The coin you use for the taxes. So what do they do? Remember, they're junior Pharisees. They're not very wise, they're not very clever. (laughs) They do exactly what they shouldn't do. They pull out of their own pockets a coin with Rome's, the Caesar's face on it. Admitting by the very fact that they're carrying those coins that they've already adopted the idolatry point of view. Little idolatry, but it's idolatry nevertheless. They've compromised for practical reasons. They pull the coin out of their own pockets, hand it to Jesus. So they've already, in the face of everybody who's watching this, answered their own question. They've made it clear that this is not a question that comes from their heart, that it's a trick question. So Jesus takes the coin in his own hand He holds it. The people are probably laughing at the Pharisees now. And he says simply, asks them then, whose face is on the coin? Oh, Caesar's face. And and then he answers it like they want him to partially. He says, then give to Caesar what is Caesar and probably flicks the coin into the dust of the road where the burrows can trample upon it because he holds it in no esteem, nor Caesar. Okay, so they got their answer. He takes the side of idolatry. We've got him. We've nailed this Jesus guy. Excuse the pun. But then Jesus, holding their attention for a moment longer, adds something else. This is where he really turns the tables on the junior Pharisee standing before him. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I don't care. But give to God what is God's. And what he's doing there is he's raising the question out of the realm of taxes, out of the realm of coins, out of the realm of all that stuff. He raises the question above the controversy, above the issue, and he presents to them the real issue. Look, young men, it doesn't matter the coin. It doesn't matter the law. What matters is your heart. What shape is your heart in? What is your relationship to the true God, not the fake God who cares about him? What's your relationship to the true God? Are you giving all of yourself to God? Everything that God has given to you, are you giving it back? That's the question and the only question. 
And he's hoping that these are, you know, young Pharisees, that, that maybe he can turn them around before it's too late, before they become like their masters who are too afraid to come and ask the question themselves. Maybe he can help them see in their youth and in their innocence and told, maybe told, in their, still in their, their, their stage of feeling like they're doing something great for God, maybe he can turn their hearts around and help them to see that the coin doesn't matter, the image of Caesar doesn't matter, the taxes don't matter, do what you will. The only thing that matters for you as a Pharisee, for me, for everyone, for any good Jew, is where is our heart? Do we love God and do we love our neighbor in God? That's the only question. How much are we willing to give of ourselves for them? How much are we able and willing to pour ourselves out for God? Everything he's given us, we give back. That's the only question. And we can only hope that at least some, if not all, of those junior Pharisees, those Boy Scout Pharisees that were tricked into trying to trick Jesus, will feel and see and know that standing before them at that moment is not the idolatrous image of a fake God, but the image of the true God. coin is just a coin is just a coin but a heart is a heart is truly a heart when it's imprinted with Jesus' image and given back to God his Father <laughs>